the other person, if they're dealing with stuff, it, it does, it knocks down a barrier there where you're like, okay, we're in it together. of Dear Men, I am thrilled to have with me Jim Leftwich, who is the CEO and founder of NoLongerLonely.com, which is the preeminent dating site for adults with mental illness. And I think that this is um, a really important topic and one that we don't necessarily discuss as much as we should. So I'm really happy to have you on and to hear more about your story and how you got here. Thanks for having me, Melody. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little about how you founded this site. I'm sure it was a whole journey that you went on. Um, so what's the, uh, what's the story? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's been around a while. Um, uh, you know, for a long time, it was just a little side hustle, a little hobby. And then eventually it became a bona fide business, but I started almost 15 years ago. Um, I just went looking on the web, Googling mental illness, dating, dating sites for people that are mentally ill and nothing came up. And I thought, oh, that's kind of crazy. There should be something like this. So um, so I hired someone to code it and, uh, you know, it's been peaks and valleys and struggles, but it's helped a lot of people over the years. And that's really the most satisfying part of it is that, um, you know, a couple of times a year I get a message saying, Hey, we just got married. You know, we met on your site. And I even, someone even sent me baby pictures and that really hit home. Like, wow, this site's made a difference. Aww. And can you say a little bit, because I'm assuming that you had a personal history with mental illness, and that's part of why you were looking for a dating site in that? Sure. Yeah. I was always what they would call high-functioning. It's kind of like a, a weird thing to say, as if you're some kind of machine or something. But, um, yeah, I was diagnosed um, while I was in college. And, um, you know, I'm still on medications today, 28 years later. Um, but you know, I, I became stable. I, I went on to finish my bachelor's degree. I went and got a master's degree. I was the director of a college library for about 10 years and now I'm doing this and doing some part-time work. Um, so yeah, so I was kind of blessed with a, with a pretty substantive recovery and this is a way of giving back, but it is also a business. It is something that, um, you know, I don't do just for fun. Can you, would you mind sharing a bit more about what your diagnosis was and what your sure. mental health? Sure. Um, well, originally it was called schizoaffective disorder. It's a combination of a psychotic disorder and a depressive disorder. I think with the new DSM-5, it's, they call it something else, something along the schizophrenia spectrum or something like that. Um, but yeah, I get blessed with two different types of mental illness. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I had some pretty elaborate delusions for a long time. You know, I was seeing secret messages and things and people would say something. There would always be some kind of subtext, which was the actual meaning. And someone would touch their nose and that would mean 10,000 different things and stuff. And um, the medication knocked that out. But um, but I've also had times where, you know, it's really tough to get out of bed in the morning. And, uh, you know, what's the point? What is the reason for all this, you know, and stuff. But, uh, 
but uh, yeah, I shoulder on. I think I'm doing pretty good. That's great. And I, when you um, mentioned that, I think you said that you were in college when you started getting treated. Is that right? Yeah. That's usually, that's usually when it hits people, you know, it's a transition time, you know, when you're young and in school, there's a lot of structure around you, a lot of people looking after you and all of a sudden, boom, you're in college and you're free. And, you know, and if you're not quite ready for it, I think that creates a vulnerability where these kind of illnesses can seep in. Yeah, I think you're, you're right about that. I was an RA in college, a resident assistant, and uh, had a lot of training around um, sure. schizophrenia and other mental illnesses, like you said, that don't right. late adolescence and early adulthood. And I think that can be really disorienting because yeah. of life up until this point, in, you know, in one way. And then yeah. it's like, what the hell? <laughs> what is going on? Like, I don't understand what is happening. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Did you, did you find that at all on your journey? Was it disorienting to? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, that, like, and I kept it from people. I didn't even tell my friends I was, you know, I had an imaginary girlfriend. I imagined that the the prettiest cheerleader in school was in love with me and stuff. And like, I never told it, you know, I kept it all to myself. I guess some part of me knew that they're going to tell me it's not real. So I'm not going to talk about it. And what was your, your dating life like? Was that, uh, affected? Yeah. I mean, I never, I don't know. I wasn't that aggressive. I had a couple girlfriends in college and some girlfriends after. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess part of that, you know, feeling a little bit in your head a whole lot, you're not going to invite someone in if you're living inside your head. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of rough the summer that I ended up for the being hospitalized. The only time was actually I had a breakup that summer. And thinking back, it's pretty cold. This girl dumped me and then knew I went into a hospital and still had no interest in even talking to me. But um, but I'm not a, you know, I haven't had, I've had relationships, but I'm, I've never been married. Um, yeah, I could probably use your services. <laughs> yeah. Well, um. I would imagine that you also founded your site because you could have used your ser- your services. Sure. And um, I think this is really important because, you know, you mentioned kind of hiding it from your friends or hiding your, yeah. um, may, I don't know if you would classify them as delusions, but there was part of you that sensed that they would say that it wasn't real. And so you didn't. Right. Sure. Yeah. And that, that carried on past college into, you know, my adult world, but, I mean, there are certain people, like at my workplace, you know, I was worked at this Berkeley College for over 10 years, and I told maybe two or three people at work about my condition. And, you know, and it breeds kind of shame, you know, if you're hiding it and not telling people, part of you thinks, oh, there must be something wrong with it then if I can't tell people. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you, you spoke to that because I think that's the, the shame part is why I think it can be difficult to date with a sure. condition because you feel like, you know, when do I tell the person if yes. I just, are they going to reject me? If I wait too long, are they going to feel like right. I've them? Like how have you navigated that in your, in your dating life? Well, certainly the site itself, like the biggest like benefit, like talking point is that fact that you don't have to worry about disclosing your condition, that everything is transparent right off the bat. We're all in the same boat. We're all dealing with stuff. And people find that very comforting. Um, 
I know every relationship I've had, it's, it's a, when do I tell, how do I tell, you know, and I mostly had these things. I've had very few women that were like, really, you know, or like, you know, attitude about it. Usually like, Oh, you know, like I had a, the one woman I had a, the longest relationship I had was two and a half years with a woman. And when I told her, she said, you know, there's a link between that and intelligence too. I thought, what a sweet thing to say, you know, um, she didn't try to be totally sweet after that, but, <laughs> um, it's tricky. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stigma. It's just kind of an uncomfortable issue too. You know, the other person's thinking, you know, I don't want them to think that I, you know, think badly of them because of that, you know, it's, it's a tricky issue. Yeah. I'm wondering, um, on the site, if you speak a little bit to who, who's on the site, who's, Diagnoses, does it run the gamut? You know, sure. Yeah. yeah, users can decide if they want to disclose or not what what, what their diagnosis is. Um, you know, certain things can be more severe. You know, you could have someone who's severely schizophrenic who can't do basic things. You know, or you might have a high-powered lawyer who's bipolar. You know, um, so it does run the gamut. Um, but there's not too much banding like I'm bipolar. I only want someone with bipolar or, you know, there's no, not tribal like that. So generally the people that are on the site are they, so if you join the site, you can just say, I have a mental health condition and right. you know what it is. And I don't ask them to prove it to me. I don't need like a letter from their psychiatrist, you know, people. Right, a note from their doctor. <laughs> right, exactly. Here's a blood test. I want to see your dopamine levels. Yeah. <laughs> so people um, can disclose what their diagnosis is or not. Yeah, and they're free to tell, you know, chat on the site. You know, everything is done anonymously until you want to share your personal information. It works like any other. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have done dating sites and stuff. My site's basically the same thing. It's just geared towards a specific audience. And do you have... Um, like I'm imagining I have some people in my life. I know that possibly have general generalized anxiety disorder yeah. Yeah. Seen or seen. Um, would they count? Would they be quote unquote count? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean the general rules of it's in the, I mean, it's not, I'm not a big fan of the DSM five and I should not be a huge fan of mainstream psychiatry, but you know, if it's listed in the DSM five as a mental disorder, yeah, fine. I mean, there's some that are kind of, I'm kind of on the fence about like autism, Asperger's it's in the DSM five, you know, so that's okay. And um, I just found out I have a competitor just cropped up as a dating site for people with autism and people that are on the spectrum. Oh, that's interesting. So those those people are also on your site. Yeah. I've never like tried to do like a survey thing to see, you know, what percentage of my user by, but what percentage or depression, um, I don't know, I just never felt it was really that important to parse it out that way. As long as people, you know, are being honest and are using the site and it's effective, that's all I'm concerned with. Well, that's funny because I was just about to ask you that. I mean, you have no. <laughs> your largest sort right. of... Uh, I would say it's mostly serious mental. I've seen a lot of bipolar, a lot of schizophrenia. It, it feels like those would be maybe possibly harder to disclose. Like, sure. I was schizophrenia for sure. I was always, you know, the... The effective part, I'm not too, but once you have the, that prefix skits, people start to, you know, think certain things, certain, you know, stereotypes or, and it drives me crazy when people say, oh, the weather is so schizophrenic. No, it's not schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. 
have you have you actually met people through your site? Do you date people? I have. I'm not that ag- aggressive on it. I don't. Know, I just feel it's a little inappropriate, kind of. I mean, I'm the the webmaster, so I can view anybody's messages and stuff, and uh, you know, trying to create like a you know a safe space. And if the guy that runs the site's hitting on you, this doesn't really bode well. But I've had some dates that have arise from the site. Um, now I'm not 100 sure that I I wanted with somebody who also has a mental illness i don't know maybe i need someone who's i don't know i get in trouble when i start talking about that people think i'm stigmatizing if i say i don't want anybody with a mental illness well you're allowed to have preferences though and that was one of my questions was do you do you recommend or have you spoken to mental health or have a recommendation one way or the other in terms of that kind of pairing this is something to study some more because yeah i mean it's important to to figure out certain dynamics and, you know, with this illness paired with this illness, what are the specific challenges there? Um, I'd like to get like an advisor on board, you know, some, someone in psychiatry and stuff who can provide, you know, like a clinical professional perspective to all this. Yeah. And your in your personal experience, have you noticed, like, have you dated both people with a diagnosis and without, have you noticed a difference? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not high functioning, so I expect the other person to be high functioning too, you know, have a career or at least, you know, keeping busy doing constructive things and is committed to recovery. They're not wallowing in self pity or, you know, not trying, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't want to be with somebody having active delusions and stuff. Like I feel like I've, I've, I went through that and I'm over that now. So I don't want to go back there, you know, and be dealing with those kind of things. And, but, uh, yeah, but there is a comfort. I don't know. In terms of, I don't know. Once the other person, if they're dealing with stuff, it, it does, it knocks down a barrier there where you're like, okay, we're in it together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it feels like, you know, you really actually know what I'm going through and right. I know what you're going through. Not exactly because you know, two right. people are sure. I feel like that could be yeah. a point of bonding. And sure. um, as you said, if you know, you're on a dating site for that, then it's like, right. oh, this person already knows that there's yeah. something going on for me. And then, you know, if you are not choosing to, to have the diagnosis public, then it's like, well, we know we're going to talk about this at some point, but it doesn't right. have that stress of, Right. What do I tell them on like, how do I say it? You know, what yeah. do I say? Like, it's sort of you, just, you know, like I, there were plenty of times like with that girl Maria who I was with for two and a half years that like I just didn't get the empathy thing, you know, and like I always wanted to have somebody where I could say, you know, I'm really having a rough time this afternoon. I don't know what it is, but like I'm just really whatever, you know, and like and some people you feel comfortable saying that to, and some people you don't. You think, yeah, I better just deal with it myself, you know. A hundred percent. So, um, for people that are signing up, do you have any recommendations about whether to, um, share the exact diagnosis or not? Do you think that this would be a great uh, blog post? Um, yeah. Um, I don't have an inclusive answer, but maybe, you know, I could solicit actually users on the site to share with me their experiences, you know, and do a little research. But, uh, I, totally I don't think there's one right answer though. It's, it's kind of the nuance of the relationship. You know, you kind of sense, you know, 
I've done things where you put out kind of feelers, you know, you'll say, Oh, so sad. The story about this schizophrenic guy who the police accidentally tased and he died. And she said, Oh, another wacko gone. Okay. Next, you know, but they're like, Oh, it's so sad. Mental illness, you know, like, Oh, okay. Maybe I can disclose now. And like, she's kind of sensitive and, and you're talking about people that aren't on the site, right? You're talking about in others. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Was, you know, bouncing around. Yeah. Can you speak to that briefly about, cause you dated on off the site as well. Um, yeah. What has your experience been in terms of disclosing? How long have you waited and how did you, how did you introduce the topic? Well, actually the site is kind of a bugaboo. If I share the site, you know, which is a major thing that I'm doing in my life with the other person. And it's kind of like, the Pandora's box is opened and, you know, it has to be addressed, you know, like I never told people at my college that, you know, Hey, I have this website. When I would tell somebody before that they had no idea. And like, you know, um, but I'm losing track of the question. What we're saying. Um, well, I, w- I mean, I think you answered it, which is you don't really have to wait to tell people because. Right. I've had good experiences though. That I, after I broke up Maria, I was with this Italian lady for about eight months and on the first date, she was like, you know, oh, I checked out your website. And I got visibly a little uncomfortable. And she was very reassuring. I said, no, no, no. Like, look, I, I have no preconceptions, whatever. I think it's a wonderful website, blah, 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 you know. And I was like, okay, you know, this one might work out. I mean, it feels like we're, we are dismantling the stigma, you know, little by little. In our- sure. Would you agree with that as someone who's living through it? No, definitely. Yeah. I'm much more free about sharing with people now. Um, I used to worry with the site, like what if like the New York times ran an article on me and it was blazoned all over the paper and everybody would know. And like, Oh, that will be the worst thing in the world. And I'm like, you know, like somewhat get over it. I have a mental illness. You know, I don't, but yeah, I think it's, things are changing. Things are improving. I don't think psychiatry is keeping up. I don't think we're, I don't think, mainstream psychiatry is really advancing very quickly. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you. And I'm wondering, can you, can you say a little bit more about that as someone who is intimately involved? Sure. I mean, I would tell anybody if you're having a rough time, you know, and you go to see a professional and within 10 minutes, the psychiatrist is writing you a script for something. I would say, take a step back, you know? Um, I mean, I'm taking, I started taking this drug clozapine in 1992. It's an antipsychotic. It's the oldest one. And here's another lesson. It's the oldest one, but it's still the best one. It's like a 40 year old drug and they haven't come up with one that's any better really. And, um, but I had severe side effects. You know, I blew up my weight, my, my, num- my glucose numbers and my triglycerides, all this up through the roof and all this, and, you know, it's like, it's a trade off, you know, I think, yeah, it did kind of stifle, you know, paranoid thoughts and things like that. But, you know, it certainly did kind of knock me out. So medication is a trade-off, but, but they still, you know, if you say medication, they can't say this medication does this, this, and this. Every single one is, this one is thought to do this. It's thought to do that because you can't biopsy the brain and measure what's going on inside the synapses of your brain cells and stuff, you know? So Anyway, I'm, I'm wary of that being anti-psychiatry because I don't want people to say, oh, Jim says I don't need to take my meds, you know, and like, but anyway. Well, it doesn't sound like you're saying not to take the meds. It sounds like you're saying 
that you want more advancement in the field and sure. that it's a bit more holistic than just. Right. I don't worry if I say I question whether these meds really are good, that if people trust me, they might make a decision that's not, you know, but I don't know. It's not like I have a huge following and people are, you know, yeah. Well, uh, when your New York Times article comes out, uh, you're going to get a lot more. <laughs> I don't want to just say it's fake news, fake news. <laughs> Would you, um, do you yourself uh, engage in any other holistic practices as well? Do you, do you hear about it on your site? I, find, I mean, the number one thing that really works is exercise. I find that, I mean, exercise, you get an immediate bump, you know, right after you do it, you feel great, you know? And, uh, you know, I am combating kind of a little bit of a weight issue. I'm probably heavier now than I've been in many, many years. And so I think eating well and exercise are, I mean, like that, I told you about the psychiatrist who in 10 minutes is going to write a script. If, if the psychiatrist doesn't mention any kind of holistic things to do and stuff, I would question that, you know, that, that doctor, because I think those things are really important. How you take care of yourself, you know, physically really affects how you take care of yourself mentally. I couldn't agree more. And I was reading about a very well-known, it was either a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I think, I think she was a psychiatrist, um, but she was, had a psychological background yeah. and she was extremely, uh, she was eminent in the field. A lot of people wanted to work with her. And so people would email her all the time. Like I'm dying to work with you. Please take me on as a patient. Yeah. I have clinical depression. I have whatever it is. And she would write back to them and say, um, exercise hard four days a week yeah. for at least 30 minutes yeah. for three months and then write me back, like show prove that you've done this and then I'll yeah. consider it. And 70% of people said, I'm feeling a lot better. I don't think I need to work with you. Right. 70% of yeah. them. Right. I was really yeah. struck by that of the, sure. that's oh, a yeah. huge number of people. People want, people want to think, Oh, I don't know. I better just pop a pill and that'll fix the problem. And you know, it's, yeah, I like that. that. That's a good story. That's, that's the right, right on the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you, you quote that in the New York Times when they, when they interview you. <laughs> no, but it's honestly possible because like I said, I think the culture is shifting so much that yeah. that would be a story that, you know, your site, like that kind of thing is something that is becoming more mainstream. Sure. And I'm wondering if, if, is that reflected in the numbers of people using your site? Have you noticed it climbing over the years as people, more people are, um, being more open about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm spending more time on the site now too, so so the membership's increasing. I'm still, I never have broken through. Like, I'm not like you know, I meet people in the industry and stuff. They haven't heard of me. I'm like, really? Like, I've been doing this so long. You haven't heard of me yet. So it's never really gone viral, and everybody knows about it. But um, but you know, I'm plugging. I'm doing the content marketing thing, writing blog posts, and I hired someone to help me with my social media and. Uh, trying to link organically with people on um, LinkedIn and um, trying to find opportunities like this to get my story out there. And so. Yeah. I think it's really wor worthy because, you know, I, we did a podcast recently um, on my show about whether or not we're ready. There were like three or four of us doing a panel discussion. How do you know when you're ready to be in a relationship? Yeah. And one of the people mentioned, you know, she was like, I have this mental health thing going on and I don't know whether I'm ready, quote yeah. unquote, because of that. Like, I kind of think I need to yeah. get my mental health totally right. handled before I start dating. 
And I don't know, that's kind of an open question. Like, sure. is that true? Or well, is it an illusion that you're ever going to get it totally handled? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. If you're waiting for everything to align, everything to be perfect, you might be waiting a long time, you know, at some point you got to take the plunge. And, um, you know, I would imagine a lot of the men on my site could, could use some coaching. Um, I think a lot of them very inexperienced, you know, they've given up on dating and stuff. They don't really know how to go about it. And, uh, I'm skewed way too many men on my side. I'm like 62% men on the site. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. Which is unusual because I think most dating, I know, I don't like speed dating. I've done speed dating and the women sell out like in a minute and they have to like beg guys to come, you know? Um, yeah. That's really interesting. I wonder why you know, that is. I need to have ladies night or something, you know? <laughs> do you, do you, I'm curious, do you, have you done any in-person stuff? I mean, I've spoken in front of groups and stuff like that. Um, I really want to, there's a clubhouse in New York City, Fountain House, and I went there once and gave a thing. And I love to go into their computer lab and give everybody free memberships and just watch them navigate the site and ask them questions, you know, what makes you nervous? What do you not understand the customer? I need to understand the customer better. But, mm. but I know a lot of them are, a lot of guys, a lot of them wait around. They're not proactive. I keep telling them, you know, you got to be proactive. You got to go out there and contact them, you know, and like you can't just sit back and wait and hope. Yeah, that's um, a good point. And I would say that's something that we work with our guys on a lot is, yeah, is yeah, moving forward and, yeah. and yeah. So being active instead of passive is a big thing. Right. But so, I find too that like a lot of it is, you know, you, and, and I went through this being insecure about inexperience thinking, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of girlfriends under my belt and, you know, and stuff like that. And it makes you feel a little vulnerable. And like, I, you know, I've got to be a man. I got to be a guy. I got to be in charge, you know, and yet you're nervous about certain things and, you know, it's tricky. It is. And it's also important to remember that you don't have to be perfect. Right. You don't have to be perfect. Sure. And I think that that stops a lot of us from, a whole lot of things in life in general, not just dating, but yeah. it's good to remember Like you really, sure. you don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the perfect first message. Right. It doesn't have to be <laughs> the perfect first date. Just, yeah. just go and, and do most, something. Most people out there aren't looking for perfect. You know, they perfect is scary. Like you want someone who's has some words and stuff because you do too, you know? And Exactly. <laughs> All right. So if people are interested in getting involved or in joining the site, it's just uh, no longer lonely.com, right? Is there anything? Sure. Yeah, we're on, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Great. Unfortunately, Twitter, the no longer lonely was taken. Um, <laughs> some guy, one of these squatter sites, you know, he had the day, he hadn't used it in six years, and I begged him and tried to get him to give it. I offered him money. And so it's no longer lonely underscore. <laughs> That's our <laughs> <I said. laughs> Well, I'm sure you have more followers, so it's right. cool. all right thank you so much for being on if you were going to leave our listeners so there are definitely going to be people listening to this who do have a mental health diagnosis Uh um what's one piece of advice that you would leave them with in terms of their dating life okay uh well check out the my blog there's a great entry called five jim's five fantastic tips for online dating it breaks down into five categories just the right mindset to be in to try dating. And I would think of it as, you know, what do you have to lose? You know, you're, you're anonymous on the site. You're not disclosing anything personal about yourself. 
create a profile, be honest, contact some people. And I think overall people on my site are very friendly. They're very welcoming and they will return messages. And um, a lot of people, you know, it's for dating, but it's also for moral support. You know, I have a lot of people that feel isolated and stuff, and this is a, a way, you know, to connect with people and stuff. So, um, and it's free to use for the first two weeks, unlimited use. And then after that, you get five free messages per month. So I'm very generous. And then the, the paid plans are $9.95 a month or $29.95 for a lifetime, just one-time payment. Great. So, That's yeah. great. Yeah. Thanks. I, I like really heard that about it being a welcoming place and people return messages and things like that. Cause I think that's, yeah, that feels safe. Yeah. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Melanie, to share my story. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm-